The war in Ukraine has dominated, rightly, the news cycle. The needless devastation of a vibrant economy and the unfathomable suffering of the Ukrainian people is heartbreaking. While the focus remains on Ukraine, it is worth taking a look at the impacts of the unjustified aggression by Russia on the rest of the world. From wheat importing countries in the Middle East and North Africa to farmers and consumers in North America, the impacts of the war will be felt on the food system across the world. My name is Mike von Masso, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. In this episode, I have a conversation with my friend and colleague, Alphonse Weersink, about a range of impacts on food security and prices across the world. It is worth a listen. Okay, Al, uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I always look forward to our conversations. And, and what we're going to talk a bit about today is, is the impact on the global food system of, uh, of the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And to me, there are really three things that we that 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 are important, and I'm open to you telling me there's others. It's Ukraine's contribution to global wheat trade and what that means for food security and food prices. Uh, Ukraine's contribution to fertilizer uh, production and trade and what that means for food production globally. Uh, and lastly, uh, Russia's role uh, in exporting petroleum. Uh, the sanctions on Russia's petroleum and what that means for, again, the costs of not only producing food, but uh, but also transporting food. And, 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 and in my view, likely the most important factor uh, yeah. of, of the three. But let's leave that one till the end and talk a little bit about, about wheat. Ukraine is important not only because it produces a lot of a lot of wheat, but most importantly because it exports a lot of wheat. Why why is that share of exports more important than production? Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. Because you know I, I was just looking in preparation for this that you know the number one producer, but significant uh, number one in the world is China, followed by India, uh, but they don't export any they they consume it all in fact they they still import uh, a fair bit of wheat um, <clears throat> in contrast Ukraine is one of those countries as as similar to Canada that uh, that exports a fair bit of its um, overall domestic production and it is in the export market that the price is established globally so you know the price in Canada is established on the global market. It, since we're exporter, we essentially take uh, the cost of getting it to an export facility and then deducting the cost of transport. Um, and uh, and so, um, yeah, taking taking a big chunk out of the global export market has a direct impact on the price as a result. And and. And, and we'll get to that. I think that's that's critically important. But it also has a direct impact on countries that import from from mm -hmm. Ukraine. So we have a short term impact in that, you know, we're seeing bombing of port cities where, you know, th there might actually be acute shortages if Ukraine is un unable to ship. But then in the long term, if prices are going up, it also means that those countries, if they're trying to source from somewhere else, are going to be paying more. And and a lot of countries can't afford to pay a whole lot more for wheat. Yeah, and and those countries that can't afford to pay more tend to be the countries that are importing from Ukraine. 
So much of the exporting, let's see, like countries like Lebanon, Yemen, Egypt, uh, uh, Morocco, countries in the Middle East and Northern Africa uh, that import a great deal of wheat, uh, mostly rely on Ukraine and Russia for that wheat. And uh, as you said, it, there's wheat that's going to flow. It's going to flow from other countries. It's going to flow from the U.S. It's going to flow from Canada. But there, there was a reason Ukraine that they got it from the Ukraine. It was a low cost uh, provider. And so not only has the wheat price gone up, but the cost of transporting it to those countries uh, will increase as well. So it's going to be tough to get wheat and the price of it is going to be significantly higher than what they paid recently. And, and so that has real direct implications for food security, both availability and price. Those countries have large populations of, of urban poor. It's why they are importing wheat in the first place. Yes. Uh, and, and so uh, you can see things like hunger, political unrest and other factors. Yeah, you know, I was, I was reading something this weekend that Egypt gets about a third uh, of their calories on from bread, a third of their calories from bread and 40, you know, like a half of their protein comes from bread. So it's a major staple. And, you know, the relationship between wheat price and bread price is very direct. Uh, the farmer share is very high. And in other words, you know, the, if the price of wheat goes up, the cost of bread goes up, you know, and, it, uh, and in contrast, it's quite different in Canada. The price of wheat goes up. Uh, it uh, it will have, a, you know, a small impact, but but uh, a positive impact, but still relatively small because we've got so much other value added associated with the, the cost of a loaf of bread in Canada. But in those countries, it's quite different. And you know they're, they're poor. They, uh, they a large portion of their income goes to uh, to food, and so you raise up uh, significantly the cost of an item that is a major part of their overall budget. It's it really hits them hard. You know, I'm trying to think of a last. You know, what would be an equivalent for us? And uh, I think maybe if the uh, maybe if something like the cost of housing on average is like a third of our overall budget, right? And if interest rates doubled, you know, that might be the closest thing that I can think of that we could we could relate to. Um, so so that, 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 that's an excellent point. I think it, it was an important one to make. And, and I want to just highlight sort of that definition of farmer's share of the food dollar, uh, just, mm -hmm. just to highlight for listeners. So in Canada, about four cents of every dollar we spend on bread goes to the wheat that, that the farmer produces. So if the price of wheat doubles, uh, the cost of bread might go up as much as 4%. Now that's not insignificant if you're, mm -hmm. uh, if you're at the mm -hmm. low end of the income scale and we're seeing broader food inflation anyway. But uh, in some of those countries that you were talking about, that farmer share is 50% and, yes. and higher. And yeah. so uh, that wheat price is much more directly related to much mm -hmm. more directly related to uh, to the cost uh, that a consumer faces, and I and I think the point on income is also uh, important to make. Uh, in Canada, we spend about what ten percent of yeah. our income on on food, and if food prices go up, 
clearly we feel it. We, you know, we'll trade down, we'll, we'll make adjustments, all of those things that we can do, but we might also have to, you know, save a little bit less or, or a little bit less on leisure and, and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. But if you're spending 30 or 40% or 50% of your money on food and that goes up, all of a sudden there's just less, there's less buffer. This becomes a significant impact for those and, 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 and causes real pain. It's, it's likely one of the reasons we're seeing country uh, like Argentina say it's not going to export wheat or it's going to reduce exports of wheat in order to control domestic prices. So they're essentially asking farmers to subsidize domestic consumers. Uh, again, large populations of urban poor, um, uh, potential for political unrest. You and I have written about food riots and and, and things in the past. And, and that really frankly, exacerbates the, the trade problem uh, and will likely have an even more acute impact on, on wheat prices globally. Yeah, I agree. You know, you know, several points there, Mike, that I just want to comment on. One is just in terms of the farmer share. To give a, a, you know, another example that's domestically in terms of the effect of wheat, um, while an wheat is, represents 4% of the loaf of bread, it represents 20% of the cost of flour, you know, because there's less processing. So that yeah. gives you an idea of the greater the value added, the more activities it takes from getting that grain of wheat to the final product of the consumer, um, the, the less the farmer share. And um, in developing countries, as you mentioned, that that share is much higher. And uh, so, yeah, there, it's uh, so it, you know, in these countries in the Middle East, uh, that their country, their economies are vulnerable already, and uh, and food inflation is going to hit them very directly. It could push a number of people into food insecure situations, and uh, and the last time we saw this, you know, the Arab Spring was attributed to increases in uh, in food inflation and the led to food riots and and then political unrest, and that was in like the 2008-2010 period, or the last time we had a, a, a price jump like this. Yeah. So, so bottom line uh, on, on wheat is uh, Canadian consumers will feel it in the context of broader food inflation, not insignificant, but not backbreaking. And some of the developing countries, particularly those most with most direct ties to the Ukraine, are going to feel... Mm -hmm. uh, significant issues uh, mm -hmm. and 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 see a significant impact on 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 food security. One of the questions I'm getting a lot uh, as we as we uh, respond to this is, can Canada make up the difference in wheat? And and it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you don't snap your fingers and and increase wheat production. It's not like a factory where you can put on an extra shift. We're we're yeah. sort of. We're, we're land constrained. We're using that land. Uh, you know, other prices are high too. Corn prices are high. Canola prices are high. So just looking at the wheat price doesn't necessarily tell you the entire economic story uh, that, a, that a wheat producer uh, is, uh, is considering. 
uh, in Ontario, most of the wheat crop is already in the ground. So any adjustment would be for a crop that's not going to come off for 18 months or so. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and in the West, notwithstanding things like crop rotations for soil health and, and weed management, uh, you you we've also had a we've also had a drought uh, and parts of the West remain dry and and we may struggle to produce what we've wanted to what what we were sort of planning to produce generally let alone making up the difference for Ukraine yeah yeah no you know the, there's talk that Canada might be one of those countries that that could adjust its supply this cropping year because most of the other places have crop in the ground either because it's winter wheat or earlier planting but yeah it's limited and uh and there are supply concerns this year uh um as you mentioned the the prairies are dry the u.s midwest is dry uh uh number of other places in the world have weather issues so this is really a supply issue this time you know it's a we look back at we mentioned that 2008 2010 12 period you know those were demand driven factors that caused prices to go up supply was down and there were some uh you know the supply to um used to stock ratio was uh, relatively low and it is here too but what really drove the price increase was the increases in demand due to ethanol, due to a low American dollar, due to growth in China, India, etc. This is a, this is completely a supply issue, and you know there there are concerns about not only the immediate impact of what's happened, but weather impact uh, and and whether Ukraine can uh, and Russia can produce anywhere close to the levels that they have in the past. Yeah, it's not something we're going to recover from quickly, right? The, no. You know, takes a while to, you know, it, wheat's an annual crop. Uh, mm. If we have a dry year, then then we're in, in trouble for another year. Um, even if yeah. even if Ukraine produces this year, uh, there's some question about their ability to export it because of uh, destruction in port cities, destruction of, of uh, transportation infrastructure. This isn't mm-hmm. something that that just goes away with a with a nice rain on the prairies. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So so the other thing that that we're hearing a lot about is that that the Ukraine is a significant exporter of fertilizer too. And I know you wrote a piece with, with some students earlier, shameless plug, you can see it on uh, on, on the Food Focus website. Uh, we were seeing high fertilizer prices even before this, and now we're, we're, we're seeing them even higher. Uh, that has implications for production around the world, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, you know, there were concerns about the availability and, uh, and the cost of energy. You know, that led to some increases in the price. You know, I think in what we were, that piece that we wrote, looked at the effect of increasing fertilizer prices on on profitability and what it would do to rotations, whether farmers would make uh, choices uh, away from corn, which is more fertilizer intensive uh, crop than than soybeans, for example. Um, I think what's changed over since the invasion is the large increase in crop prices that have essentially covered those, you know, those costs. You have a fertilizer 
costs have gone up, but uh, but so crop prices have have matched that increase, and uh, and so that ratio that we see that you know the fertilizer to to corn price ratio, for example, um, is back sort of in the uh, in the range where we have seen it uh, historically. I think it, this is also one of those issues that looking ahead is where the implications could be greater. So, for example, in in Ontario, uh, much of the fertilizer had been bought uh, and is you know at a at a previous prices in play, uh, and it will be concerns about next year's crop or you know later on in the growing season about the availability of fertilizer as much as its price and um, yeah. So it, I think we're going to see longer term impacts from from the fertilizer disruption as we go forward. Uh, and, and, and that, and, and given that sort of corn fertilizer ratio being relatively normal, uh, producers will be okay. But what, what it means is it's another factor that's leading to food price inflation. So, yes. you know, and, and that's not specific to wheat, that's broadly across any crop mm-hmm. that requires fertilization. While, while the focus has, up to now has largely been on wheat. It is that fertilizer impact that might be something that 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 has broader term or longer term impacts on food prices domestically. Right, right, and you know it's um, that's for sure. And it's also um, it's not just wheat prices that have gone up. You know, other um, oil seed prices have gone up. You know, uh, Ukraine is a major. Um, exporter of sunflower oil seeds and uh, sunflower oil, and um, and they are a pretty major producer of corn as well. So you know the, those those crop prices have also risen uh, in tandem with the the increase in the price of wheat. And it's going to you know if you know just selfishly for you know Canadian uh, crop producers, it's uh, it's going to be a good year. For them, and you know, any input supplier that is associated with it, because they're the crops are more valuable. They're going to be looking at uh, at you know applying more inputs to because the value of their crop has gone up. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's at the expense of a humanitarian crisis. But uh, you know, those those are the winners in this uh, particular scenario. As long as they can produce a crop, again, yes. given 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 good weather, it, if if yeah. if you don't get rain, uh, you can't yeah. take advantage of those uh, mm-hmm. of those. You, you might still incur those high input costs, but you can't get take advantage of those. Yeah. But generally, it's good news for for yeah. producers. The the other input that I think is worth spending a couple of minutes on is gas prices. Uh, we were seeing again uh, even before. Uh, the invasion of Ukraine, uh, higher gas prices. We've seen gas prices go up, although maybe seen a little bit of uh, a little bit of flattening and, and returning, but still very high. That means also, uh, well, that contributes to higher fertilizer costs because petroleum is mm-hmm. used in fertilizer production. It also means it's more expensive to produce at the farm level, tractors going up and down the field and that sort of thing. But it also means more expensive transportation. So that romaine that's coming from California uh, is going to get more expensive. And the, and the longer, the further something travels, the more likely it is to go up in price. Right. 
Yeah. And, and that probably has a bigger impact on the pocketbooks of Canadians in terms of food prices than, than the crop prices do. Would you agree with that? Definitely. You know, we did this study a few years ago that tried to decompose the food dollar into the different uh, shares. And, uh, and that's where we came up with this, uh, this farmer share of the food dollar being, you know, roughly 20%, 10 10 to 20%, depending on the, the, the product. But the major driver is energy prices. You know, like you talked about the trans, not only the production, but the transportation, the processing, the milling, the, the storage, the, uh, it, it all adds up. That's a major driver of the uh, major costs throughout the holes for each participant along the food value chain. Energy is a major cost item. And, and so that, and, and it's, and it's across the board. It's yes. not just wheat and or not just bread and flour. It is everything requires yeah. energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, of, uh, of all of the impacts that we highlighted at the beginning, wheat, wheat and some of the other, like you said, sunflowers and, and corn as well. Uh, it's, and, and fertilizer, it's probably fuel or energy that's going to have the most profound and long-term impact on the food system generally. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree there, Mike. Yeah, definitely. So, well, Al, that's, that's essentially what I wanted to cover. I think it's, uh, it's, it's worth having that discussion. Uh, I know both of us have been getting lots of questions about this, uh, and so I thought it was worth having this discussion and and putting it out as a podcast. Is there anything that you thought we should cover that I didn't ask before we wrap up? I, th- you know, I was when I was talking about the benefits to Canadian farmers of the higher prices. I also think we should mention that there's benefits to farmers in developing countries. You know, these developing countries that are that are being hard hit are ones that are distinguished by a high percentage of urban poor and importing it. You know, if you are, if you are a semi-subsistence farmer and you are growing grain, the, and some of it goes to market, some of it is saved uh, for your own production, your, your income has gone up too. And uh, so there's a, you know, in any of these situations, there's winners and losers in the, the winners are going to be farmers, producers of cereals, both in developed countries and in developing countries. And um, yeah, so there, just to highlight that, you know, the extension of it's not everybody that's going to be hurt in certain developing regions. It's going, I mean, they're going to affect, they're going to be affected by the potentially the civil unrest that, uh, that might occur. But there are, again, going to be some winners uh, in the, in due to this disruption, um, as well as big time losers. But to highlight, you know, <laughs> is that worth it? this humanitarian crisis that's occurring? I mean, no way, but, uh, um, but still. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important point because some of those subsistence farmers, they will sell a little bit. It will be good for those rural economies. It'll be yes. good for kids' education because yes. that's one of the early, early things that people spend money on if they have a little bit extra uh and, and so for some of those rural economies where, where there are those subsistence farmers, uh, there are benefits to high commodity prices. Uh, the issue is for people who aren't producing it, who live in, in urban areas, increasing urbanization, uh, where those food costs go directly 
to out of the out of the family budget. That's right. And then the policy response is how do you help those that are most directly affected um, by the the increase in food prices? Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks, Al. Thanks for taking the time today and uh, looking forward to chatting again. All right. Take care, Mike. See you later. That wraps up another episode of the Food Focus podcast. We very much appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you just discovered Food Focus, you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, please give us a review. It helps others find us. Before we go, I want to thank my producer, Zach, for his hard work in making each episode sound good and for his original music that helps us transition. He does the hard work and we get to have all of the fun. Thanks. Have a great day.